0: Welcome back to Division One Rejects, episode 114. I'm your host, Kobe Manzo. In the studio with me tonight, the fellows in the red. One of them, the red wings. The other one, the red fish. What is that? I don't even know.
1: A, uh, yeah, there's a fish on it. There is. Well,
0: we're back. We've got another great episode. we back. Um, joining us tonight in all region, all conference, all American selection out of Wingate University, the defensive back Trey Morrison will join us here shortly. He was a finalist for the Cliff Harris Award for the best small college football player in the country, fellas. He led the nation in passes defended in Division II. He had five interceptions. The dude's stats go on and on and on, but uh, I will tell you because I just had a conversation with him before we started recording this. His uh the way he spoke and how humble and straightforward he was, was more impressive than all of that. So uh huge kudos to Trey. If you want to go right to that conversation, use the timestamps you're watching on YouTube. Timestamps are also listed on Spotify podcast in the description. So check those out. Fast forward right to that time in the episode to listen to that. Otherwise, today, guys, Gulf South Lone Star preseason conference rankings, a lot of media days going on right now in Division two. Uh, We also have, if you follow us on the socials, Twitter at D1 underscore rejects at Instagram at Division One Rejects, the Division Two and Division Three all name teams. Those are awesome. Those were really good. And you guys had a hand in helping, you know, select a couple of those guys. Uh, Really excited about those. Just like a very different perspective. D1 gets it every year. Why not us? huh?
1: Why not us? Why not us?
0: Finally, though. NAIA team feature, the first that we've done, a lot of Division Two and Division Three squads we've highlighted on this particular program, but Northwestern College, the reigning 2022 NAIA champions, who else to highlight than them? So we'll dive in and talk about those guys, and finally, as far as our big college football news goes, Colorado to the Big 12, they're making the jump, the Buffaloes, uh, they were quoted like saying that the Pac-12 just doesn't have the security right now for them, so we're going to dive into that.
1: The Big 12 does, though?
0: A little bit later.
1: More than... That's what they think. We'll get into it.
0: We will. We'll get into that later, but uh, <clears throat> definitely excited about all that. I did realize too. Division three teams, they, the conferences must not do media days, do they not? Is I that just know. a division two
1: specific thing? I don't really I see. haven't seen anything. Yeah. from division three. You know.
0: That's too bad because I don't. I, I really don't think that happens much. But uh, like I said, use those timestamps bottom of the video on YouTube in the description on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But as always, you can watch the episode on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or to give the plugs. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit the button on YouTube. Let's get this thing keep running up. We hit 500. We're keeping heading up. But before we get any of that, fellas, let's head to the conversation with Trey Morrison. Joining the show tonight, the man who led all of Division II in passes defended last year. He was an All American recipient and a finalist for the Cliff Harris Award for the best defensive player in small college football. From Wingate University in North Carolina is Trey Morrison. What's going on, my man? Excited to get you on here.
2: Uh, nice to have me on here, man. It's finally nice to meet you, and I appreciate you for having me, man.
0: Hell yeah, dude. I was uh, I was pumped to see. Obviously, I didn't know you until that Shrine 1000 list came out. The Shrine Bowl 1000. Was that something that was even on your radar or what?
2: Um, I really don't try to get my hopes up too high, but um, I definitely was grateful to be nominated and uh, uh, know that they're paying attention, and I'm doing something right. It was definitely a good feeling.
0: Yeah, I bet, man. I'm.
2: We're going to talk a lot about you, obviously, on, on the episode,
0: but off the bat, I got to know, what's it like to be on a team with a punter that is potentially outlifting 95% of the team?
2: It's different. It's different. I ain't gonna lie. Like, a lot of the times, we come into the weight room and stuff, like, to see him moving that weight, because he did a lot of working out on his own. Like yeah. That's what that really led to him going, because he was always working in the dark with nobody paying attention. For sure, man. But just seeing him coming to lifting and just outlifting the whole team like that, it was crazy. I've never seen nothing like that. So yeah. he definitely got what he deserved.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were watching Ethan Evans, for those who um, do not know who we're talking about, the punter that just got drafted, actually, out of Wingate, one of only two Division II football players. The other, I don't know if you know, was Jake Witt, one of my former offensive linemen up here at Northern Michigan, who went to the Colts. So we got the, we got the two guys that made it uh, in the draft there, which is pretty exciting stuff, but I remember just watching those videos, man. I'm like, I, this shit is insane, and we're sitting there, we're like, there's no way the Rams are even going to let him lift like this anymore. I mean, I don't even know, man. I don't know how that works.
2: Crazy. He got a he got a boot for a leg.
0: He do. He definitely does, man. Um, but we can talk about last year for you for the Bulldogs in 2022. I was going to ask um if there were any moments that kind of stuck out for you. I think probably off the top of my head, that Benedict game's got to be up there. Um, But also for you specifically, how about that overtime against
2: Limestone? Limestone, Limestone game hit different because I'm from South Carolina, actually. Okay. So just getting to play. That was one of the closest places I got to play to home. So just going down there and being able to come out with a victory. And the way we did it, we were down 21-0 to in the fourth quarter. with like I want to say like 10 minutes left. So just persevering and coming back from that, that just set the move for the rest of the season. It's kind of like we knew what adversity looked like early in the season. So that just helped us be successful the rest of the year.
0: Oh, yeah. And you gave me the good team answer. You got that out the way. But you had a pretty big play in overtime there, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, come on! Huh? I did a little game-winning interception. Or whatever, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, oh, yeah. some slight.
0: Now <laughs> I'm gonna say though, you're—I would say you're a track guy coming out of high school, but you were like the track guy, and you're gonna let them hawk you. Will You get hawked at the one,
2: man. I did a. This is why it's, <laughs> it's key to stay. It's key to stay humble. I did a front flip into no the end zone, and I guess the refs was just like being petty or whatever. And he called me down at the one, but Are technically you supposed to be yeah, technically supposed to be a pick six, but okay. I'll live with it. I'll live. Long man. as we win the game, long as we win the game, I'm good.
0: Cause I'm looking, I didn't see the video obviously, but I'm just looking back doing my research and I see, you know, return to the one yard line. And I'm like, there is no way that dude got hawked down and taken down at the one.
2: The refs didn't want to see us be great that day, man. <laughs>
0: Calls you down. I mean, what was your reaction in that moment? Like, obviously, you guys would punch it in and, and finish the game out. But in that moment, man, you just had to be like, "Oh shit,
2: man!" It was crazy, man. I honestly didn't know till after the game because how it happened. Uh, they we went on offense first and we scored. So then they came on offense and we got the pick. Oh, I and see. I guess the pick, the pick was kind of like the out. game sealer. But that the play still isn't over. So I. I wanted to prove a point and make it hurt. So
0: that's an exclamation but that's point. Yes, yeah, so you did. didn't even end up scoring off that. Exactly, man. I love that. So that the- oh, yeah, uh, that cracks me up. Um, and if I thought I heard correctly too, like your whole family's got some pretty deep uh, track and field ties too. Correct.
2: Definitely, uh, two of my sisters were outstanding athletes coming out of high school and going into college. One of my sisters uh ran track pretty much. Five years of varsity, uh, one state championships. Uh, uh, did excelled in her event. She was really good at the um 110 meter hurdles, or the 100 meter hurdles. And um, my other sister, she was just one year. She went uh for four state in four state championships at one track meet in four different events. So yeah, it's kind of like it was already it, the blueprint was already there for me. I just had to put in my own work just to follow up their success.
0: For sure. I think we see a lot of college coaches now, especially with uh, smaller school athletes. Like, I think most coaches are on board with, like, having kids try and play multiple sports, but I feel like track and field is being pushed more and more for football players, especially for guys at your position. Do you feel like that actually had as big of an impact as people would uh, expect?
2: I say so. Um, Even though football is not, like, a linear sport, and what I yeah. mean by that, you're hardly ever running straight forward. But, I mean, like, the, tr- the way it translates to the field, it just gives you like a new form and the mechanics that you can use to, to improve your speed and just be more fluent in your running. So I definitely feel like it correlates with each other and I would recommend running track to anybody, whether you're in college right now, high school or whatever. So it definitely sure. helps.
0: I saw a really great tweet earlier today and it was talking about defensive backs and I think that's kind of the argument right now. I don't even know if it's an argument that it's physically the toughest position in football, right? The fact that you have to match up with these usually really solid athletes and just they know where they're going. You don't. But the tweet that I saw basically said you got to be a boxer in the first two yards. You got to be a basketball player in the first 10, a sprinter at 15, a high jumper when the ball comes to you. And it's like all these different traits and attributes just thrown into one position, it's just, it's
2: kind of a unicorn, I guess, when you think about it, right? Right. And that's why you see the market changing for the corners in the league right now. Like, every year, somebody's looking to set a new record-breaking deal, outdo him, because we're finally getting paid what we're worth at that position. Like, the position is at a premium. When you look at, like, who gets drafted the most by position every year, everybody's always needing linemen, and everybody's always needing corners. That's just how it goes. So, I definitely think it's if not the toughest, top two for sure. Everybody likes to argue quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and mentally I get it. You know what I mean? Having to make those reads and the decision-making and the direct impact you have in the game every play when the ball's in your hands. But, yeah, when you're talking physically, man, there's, there might not be one that, that matches up with that. And especially, you talk about whether the game's going right now, the way the running back market has just been in shambles these last – and if then Saquon's going to go out and just – do whatever the hell he just did, but um, the, way, the way the game's going right now where the passing offenses have taken over everywhere, if you can stop that, you're going to be making a bag, and I think that's been proven by a lot of people. But uh, on the postseason last year for you guys, making it to the playoffs, fourth time in five years, which I did not know actually before uh, doing a little bit of reading, you handle Virginia Union in the first round, which is a solid team themselves, but then you show out versus Benedict, the one seed in your region who had a bye in that first round. Talk about the build-up to uh, to that week. I know you had said there was a lot of pub, and uh, people weren't necessarily very high on the Bulldogs heading into that one.
2: Oh, yeah. We definitely heard a lot of the noise. A lot of people were writing us out of, I'd say, round one. Like, they didn't even expect us. They saw us lose the Newberry, and they saw us lose to Emory and Henry. So they kind of still was kind of shaky on us. They didn't want to put too much trust into us. So we heard all the noise. And then leading up to the Benedict week, It was a lot of other podcasts and uh, guys on the media and stuff just saying that like we've never seen a team like this or whatever. We knew they were undefeated, but we felt we felt as though like they were kind of like I don't want to sound too cocky when we say this, but because we don't take anybody lightly. But they just we just felt like they were kind of overrated after putting on the film and doing our doing our due diligence, breaking down the film, going over the tendencies and stuff like that we just felt they were kind of overrated and they didn't see a team like us and we knew what type of defense we had so we knew if we could put that pressure on them and let our offense play comfortable we could we could come out there with a win
0: hell yeah man hell yeah i don't think it's conceded or, or cocky at all especially when you look at what you guys were able to do uh in that given week and then it's even crazier to look back now and say you know wingate you had five ap all americans you led division two and yet you're still being pitched as the underdog make it make sense
2: I guess, I guess that's just how it goes. Um, I yeah. don't really get into the politics and stuff, but I know it's a couple of teams that were kind of probably going to be ranked ahead of us that we beat last year. But that's just season to season. What we did last year don't matter no more. What we beat last year don't matter with no more. We got a brand new team, so I guess oh, yeah. we just got to prove ourselves again.
0: Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good mindset to have, my man. Um, but another interesting story about you guys I wanted to talk about, uh, your offensive line coach. Brian Folkers, right? Yeah, you get a little bit of a smile when I say that name because for those who don't know, he coached you guys in that playoff run. And then what does he do in the off season? He goes and plays ten games, wins an XFL championship playing center for the Arlington Renegades. That had to just be surreal. Were you guys like pretty locked in? Like that—that that is coach. Like coaches out here just playing pro ball in his off season. That's got to be ridiculous.
2: Hey man, hey, he's one. He's one. Excuse my language. He's a hell of a guy, and I'm glad he. Oh, got I him thought you were gonna
0: staff. drop something way worse than that. Talking about excuse <laughs> my language,
2: man, get yeah. out of here. I know, I know, we got a little podcast going on here. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it clean, but uh, he's a hell of a guy, and, and I'm glad we um, brought him on the coaching staff. He just brings that um, experience and kind of like. But everybody realistically wants to know what the next level is like. So for him to bring that, the mindset, and just what it takes, and bring that back and instill it in us. Uh, we appreciate him for that. And just what a guy, like, besides all the football, he's just a good guy. Like, today we had a cookout with uh, some of the guys who were up here for the summer. He was on the grill cooking and oh, stuff yeah. like that while we were yeah. having bonding. So just stuff like that. I'm glad to have him around. He's a real cool guy. And for him to go win a championship, I'm, so, I'm sure that's something that he was looking forward to and something that he deserved.
0: Coach in the grill, man. That's pretty sick. <laughs> I love it. Was he all right on there? Was he burning everything or what?
2: Nah, the burgers was good. I give him that. The okay. burgers was good. Okay. He seasoning them up or what? Yeah, he seasoning them up. Okay. I ain't know what he seasoning them with. I just got it when it came off the grill. But I give him I give him a I give him a solid nine out of ten. Okay, okay. That's respectable.
0: That's respectable. <laughs> um and I had talked with him over DM on Twitter a little bit. He was not happy about the preseason rankings that came out from the College Football Network. We had partnered with them with those rankings. And rightfully so, because you look at that, and Benedict, Virginia Union, both ahead of you guys. Those playoff wins, obviously. But then also some conference opponents, Newberry, Lenore Ryan, Limestone, all ahead of you guys. And I think his words exactly were a pretty big chip on the shoulder heading into 2023. But like you said, brand new team. None of that matters. But uh, still, the chip is still a chip.
2: Yeah, you said, uh, you said you 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 had something to do with that ranking? No, no, no. I, no, I didn't say that,
0: no. I didn't say that, no. I, I, said, I, I we partnered I, on the announcement. It. I make the graphics. He makes the rankings. You know what I mean? A little bit of that. Okay. But no, okay. I did I didn't not have my straight. hand in that for the, for the
2: record, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, me and you good. Me and you good. I'm okay. just playing, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like he said, a chip on the shoulder for sure. I mean, I feel like I'd rather be underrated than overrated coming Absolutely. into a season because it's it's hard. Like, if you got high expectations and you don't live up to it, you don't know how much people you let down. You don't know what everybody's going to say. But when you underrated, you playing with house money. They didn't expect you to do what you're doing. So it feels better when everybody's against you. So that's just the mindset I take into it.
0: Yeah, man. Playing with house money. That's good. I like that. I ain't heard that before. That's <laughs> um 2023, though, Schedule for you guys. I guess one of the bigger ones for me you add Mars Hill back onto the schedule 2023. That turned out to be a really great game at the end of the 21 season. Those guys have been um, on top of that side of the conference for quite some time. And I guess just your thoughts on that one and, you know, being excited to get another great matchup against those guys. I believe, is that week two for you guys too?
2: Uh, I believe so. It's early on. Yeah. It's not week two. It's definitely week three, but I okay. pr- believe so. And um, just knowing, uh, I played Mars Hill twice already in my career and just knowing what they like to do. They're pretty much a pass first system. They'll come out and throw the ball. I, if I recall correctly, I think my freshman year they threw the ball like sixty-five times. So just knowing that they they want to come out and attack the secondary, that's just that's just a game you circle on the calendar. Like when you wake up, you got you know you got to be locked in. It's just one of those days. So if they're gonna try you, you got to make them pay. So I feel like it's good competition and it's go, it's good to have people that we're not used to seeing. It just gives like more competitive edge with it. And me, I like to compete. So just seeing new faces, new people, you line them up, and we play whatever.
0: Yeah, man. Does that change your mindset coming out of the defensive backfield? Like when you know a team, like this team might really come out and throw the ball 65 times versus a team that's going to run a power eye. Like I imagine against the latter of those two, like your first two steps might not be in a full backpedal. Like you're trying to read what's going on downfield where you can come down and make a tackle. What does that do for your mindset when you know kind of that scheme going into it?
2: Um, you try to attack it the same, but um, if I'm being real, it's hard not to like. If you know a yeah. team wants to come out and throw, it's hard not to have it in the back of your mind. Like, all right, you got to double down. You got to be, you got to be extra good in your technique, have good eyes and stuff like that. So it's definitely a a totally different game plan, as just like it is week to week with team to team. So if you know that's what they want to do, you're definitely gonna play a different way. For me personally, I say I do.
0: For sure. Yeah, I was curious about that because I know um, it definitely affects different positions when you go and you have an idea um, of that scheme. But another thing I wanted to ask you about was, what was it, that video? I don't know if you saw it. It was uh, Sauce Gardner and, why am I blanking on the wide receiver now all of a sudden, uh, Garrett Wilson, correct?
2: Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: I'm watching the video of those two guys at practice go against each other and Sala and some of the coaches are off to the side like, you know, like these two are going to make each other great. I wanted to ask: Is there a dude at practice that you just absolutely love to line up across?
2: Um, on the current roster or last roster?
0: We could we could do a little bit of both. You got someone on on last year's roster?
2: Um, yeah, last year roster. I like lining up against. Uh, I'll say, give me a minute. Who would really? You know, I was gonna put you on the spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll say Kamal Desor. Okay. He was he was a he's he like a six four six four receiver so for me big receivers are kind of like a challenge because the catch radius is so big so you got to really be tight and play tight coverage um and then this year i'll say it's a a guy named tremel tremel jones he's really like a, a smaller body about 510 but he's he's he got mass so about five ten 180. Okay. But the kid the kid is like a four four guy, four three guy. So with him, it's 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 good. It's always a good challenge to go with him, with him having that speed, that good speed, runs good routes. So yeah.
0: yeah. I love it, dude. Now uh back to you a little bit. You had talked before about coming into Wingate. And a big part of that was being able to come in and contribute right away as opposed to maybe going to a larger school and waiting that year or two or whatever that would be to finally make your impact on the field. How do you feel like that uh, benefited your progression as a player and just getting in and getting right into the system and really affirming your
2: role? Uh, Yeah, it played a big part into my success today um, because coming in my freshman year, I expected to play like off the rip. Um, So that's pretty much, I was putting the work in and stuff in in the playbook. I came in as a safety though, so my whole freshman year I spent that safety. And so that just helped me get familiar with the whole playbook. And to me, safety is the hardest position on defense. So with me dealing with that in my first year, that just prepared me for everything else that was to follow. So playing my freshman year, being around some of those older veterans that I could be a sponge to and just soak up information. And stuff like that, it just made the game slow down for me when it was finally my time to get a significant amount of reps. So I felt like my freshman year really, it really paid, it did its purpose, service purpose. Good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um,
0: and you talked about, you know, much rather be underrated than overrated. And certainly you guys have had the success, like I said, four playoff trips in the last five years. But does it feel like the script is maybe changing from the national level a little bit and moving away from that underdog story to now, like there are some really real expectations around this football team come this fall?
2: Definitely is. Definitely is. And I'm not just saying that because we got draft picks or we got, uh, we go to the playoffs every year, mm-hmm. we contend. We had a bunch of guys transfer out to go D1 which is good because I feel like those guys are going to make the same impact. But I feel like we're definitely getting known. And with us having the number one defense last year, we don't want to just let that go away. We want to keep that and let, us, let people know that we're really the standard. Like, if they're going to chase anything, it's going to be us. So just going in from year in to year out, our mindset just shifts. And we know we got to do more than we did last year and just keep some of the same ways to help us get to where we are.
0: Did you have a media day yet for your conference?
2: Uh, I didn't. You did? Did you go for it? Did I you did. go for your team? I didn't. We didn't have media day yet. Oh, you
0: didn't have media day? Okay. No, not yet. Okay. Because if they do, they got to send you, bro. They got to. They <laughs> I got appreciate to. you, man. Yeah. I appreciate you. Bro. If there's anyone talking about the, the squad, man, it better be you. You're, you're freaking. <laughs> you knocked this shit out, dude. I mean, that's. I
2: appreciate you, man. That's really it, all it, I <laughs> have for
0: you. You would have listened to this and thought we had just prepped
2: the whole thing, man. You just, bam, right through it. <laughs>
0: I I'm appreciate you,
2: man. It's easy to talk. It's easy to talk when you got good people with you.
0: For real, man. Thank you. That means a lot. But seriously, Trey. Oh yeah. I'm uh I'm definitely a fan of yours now, brother. I'm excited to watch you this fall. You guys have a lot on the table in front of you, and I mean, like you said, man, it's all for the, up for grabs, right?
2: Yeah, it's definitely up for grabs, and I appreciate you have, for having me on here, man. Just like being at a D two school and just having people reaching out to you and do stuff like this. You know, we don't get a lot of the coverage and all of that, but just the fact that. There's still people out there looking to give, give people the same treatment as, you know, the bigger schools and stuff Hell like yeah. that. Yeah. It definitely goes a long way. So I do appreciate you.
0: My man. Thank you very much, Trey. Hey, you have a good night, brother. <laughs> I will uh, I'll definitely be in touch. Like I said, I hope this isn't the last time we talk. All right, man?
2: Oh, it definitely won't be. I like connecting and networking. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Thank you, Trey. I'll see you, man. All right. Have a good one. Thank you to
0: Trey for joining us. Really enjoyed having him on the show. Like I told him when we finished that conversation, I hope that is not the last time we speak to him. Something tells me it will not be. Fellas, Wingates made the playoffs for the last five years. They upset the one seed Benedict in their region last year. They're poised to have a big time 2023. Excited to see what happens with them. But we can switch conferences. We'll stay in the realm of Division two. The Gulf South preseason rankings right there. The coaches poll And fellas, a little bit of I don't even know if it should be that surprising. But Delta State, number one in the Gulf South. I think West Florida probably would have been the pick for most people after the playoff run they had last year. But if you do remember, Delta State and West Florida actually split during the season. Delta State getting the better half of them in the regular season. West Florida coming back in the playoffs, some would say, when it counts, and getting the win over the Statesmen. But Delta State, man, when you return a lot of the same pieces that West Florida does. Now, granted, West Florida's transfer class is going to be pretty impressive. We don't know how that will all come together. Delta State is going to be a force to be reckoned with in that Gulf South Conference. Valdosta State at five was actually a little bit surprising for me after the down year that they had last year. But, you know, when you talk about a program with a lot of tradition in history, especially in recent history, maybe it does not, you know, it, maybe it is not that surprising because they're expecting Valdosta to bounce back in, yeah. in a pretty good way. Uh, and I'm trying to think here, on the bottom of that list, Choen, that is the team, the Choen, I believe it was Choen, was the squad that is... Trying to think, that was the one that is going to be in the conference for only like one or two years. Um, there's some weird type of arrangement they have. They're not obviously getting much love from the uh, the coaches poll. But
1: as far as do you remember, do you know where they're going?
0: I do not. The conference, I do yeah, not.
1: Like, why are they in it for? We don't know.
0: It's don't some know. type of transition and conference for them. I believe it might, be, it might be a football only thing. So we'll have mm. to. I'll have to come back on that. Maybe do a little bit. If you want to Google it, actually, real quick, that would be a, that'd be a big help. But we so can talk yeah, a little sure. bit about. The actual voting, though, and I wanted to show you guys because the voting and, like, the points are very close. So in the first spot, Delta State had 61 points and six first-place votes. So 61 points. West Florida, at number two, had 56. Only two first-place votes, though. Then West Georgia, 52, only four less. They had one first-place vote. That was all the first-place votes. But then West Alabama had 44, and it kind of drops off from there. But that first, that top four are... Very respectable as far as how many points the coach is obviously thinking very highly of those four teams. And as we look into this, we'll have a little bit of a, a crossover here between some of the top teams in both these conferences we're going to highlight today, uh, West Georgia and Texas A&M. Kingsville, that matchup, all of a sudden, uh, their one big out-of-conference game is looking a lot
1: more I got an answer.
0: special. You have an answer, Trevor.
1: So Chowan and Shorter are both joining the Conference Carolinas. Okay. Which is a new conference? Yes, that makes sense. With like Pembroke in it, um, basically all the Carolina schools. There you go. And so they're in this for two years, I believe. Two in the Gulf years. South. So basically, they they ended ties with the C I A A. Yep. In twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen, then they joined this for a couple of years, and then they're transitioning to the Coast, whatever they said. Yeah, the Carolinas Conference, conference Carolinas. Thank you for that. Because it's yeah. like a brand new conference, so it's just, and then they're trying to slowly introduce all the. School's into the conference, maybe. Perfect. So that's your answer.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. Both those teams picked in the two bottom spots, respectively, yep. on this list. It's a tough go. Tough conference, though. I mean, they, they it's all It's a good are. conference. They are. Yeah, we've had a lot of, uh, like I said in the last episode, a lot of great parody in uh, these conferences. Delta State and West Florida, they shared the GL- GSC, excuse me, regular season title in 2022 after both teams finished 6-1 and one in conference play. And for the Statesmen, that was their first league title since 2014. Who so they, who, definitely back.
1: I wonder who they lost because they, won, they beat West Florida. I wonder if they lost to West Georgia.
0: We can find that out here very shortly if you give me just a couple just, seconds because just Delta State, their offense last year was definitely one of the best in the country, and their loss last year came to number 15, West Georgia. They lost fifty-two to forty-two, and oh, that, that was at Delta State. Freaking offensive game. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. So, yeah, pretty uh, pretty good stuff there. Yep. And I think that's kind of all we had preseason-wise. Nothing, nothing super crazy that uh, took place at the Winfrey Hotel in Birmingham, Alabama. And again, these rankings are all by the head coaches of the league. So. I would say a pretty good source, but we can move and transition over to the Lone Star Conference and talk a bit about their preseason rankings. Um, heading the Lone Star Conference, not as much of a surprise here. That would be Angelo State, the team that has run that conference the last couple of years. They had 25 of the 27 first place votes, fellas. Wow, that is that's actually yeah. insane. That's crazy. When you talk about getting coaches from nine different teams and having their opinions on this, 25 to 27 is a ridiculous number. Uh, Central Washington received one first-place vote. They were in second in the total points. And Western Oregon, at number six, had one first-place vote. Yeah, not a team that I so I'm you would have
3: guessed. You can't vote on yourself?
0: No, I, I would doubt that, or else we would see one in at least every box. I would yeah, assume, yeah. right? Why not? Yeah. Uh, but Angelo State is in the one spot with Central Washington, Texas A&M, Kingsville, and Midwestern State following and rounding out that top four. Now, again, that Texas A&M-Kingsville game and West Georgia, you look at those two squads now. We talked with Coach Bish. I don't know if you guys up that, for that episode, on that episode for the yeah. defensive coordinator from uh, TAMUK. And we kind of broke the news on that episode that they were going to be playing West Georgia, which was pretty funny. That game now, all of a sudden is going to have some really big playoff implications, mm-hmm. which is going to be exciting to see because you get through the conference gauntlet, and if you're a team like Delta State and West Florida who both went 6-1 and one last year, that could be the difference between sharing a conference title and having an outright conference title is who your out-of-conference games were. So, big news there. Otherwise, I'm trying to see here any any good facts from this. Um, I do have a couple points here. This was actually at McKinney ISD Stadium. That was in Texas, the one that they played the national championship at, which was kind of neat. We can move on then to the players of the year in this conference. I didn't see anything from the Gulf South, but I did see this, that uh, Texas A&M and Central Washington both had respective players of the year. The Central Washington running back, Trajan Henderson, and then Texas A&M Kingsville senior defensive back, uh, Amos Coleman. They were selected as the 2023 Lone Star Conference Football Preseason Players of the Year. DB? Yes. Let's Defensive back a and a running back. So those awards you were selected by a lot. vote of oh, the LSC head coaches, sports information directors, and media members. SIDs, really? Yeah, SIDs were a part of that. I did not know that happened.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: Uh Henderson, the running back, he's six foot, uh 218 pounds from Fort Worth, Texas. He led the conference with 12 rushing touchdowns in just nine games. In 2022, yards. averaged 95.4 per game.
3: So he he definitely had over a thousand.
0: Had two games over 150 on the ground, and was only Actually, a, maybe
3: maybe he didn't have a he probably had close to, a, close, he to 1, had 1, close to close
1: to
0: yeah he would have had close Nine but games. not quite yeah it would have been just under that yeah but um he only second team all LSC this past season. So looking for him to probably have a little bit more of a breakout year. And then the defensive back Coleman is five foot 11, 185 pounds. He's from new Orleans. He had five picks one for a return for a touchdown, made 40 tackles, broke up seven passes and also was a return guy for them. So a little bit of a Swiss army knife, uh, Mr. Do it all as you, uh, as you might say, of all trades. yeah, yeah. He was first-team All-LSC last year, an honorable mention, on, on special teams as well. So uh, those two guys wanted to at least give them a little bit of their props, fellas. There's the picture of the two I of them. I hope he wins it. What's it, what's Coleman, uh, Coleman? Yeah, Coleman hope he right there.
3: It. I is not in the uh – Down for the DBs, bro.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. And uh, Texas A&M-Kingsville is a team that historically, they have the most championships in the Lone Star Conference in the history of that conference. I believe it started in like 1931 or something along those lines when it said. It feels like there's a little bit of a resurgence happening right now. They've put a lot of guys in the pros. Now, not a lot of them have been in recent histories, but it sounds like, again, from an outsider's point of view, as everything is on this show, that Texas A&M-Kingsville might be back down there, boys. So excited to see that and follow those conferences but fellas we can go and talk about the division 2 and division 3 all named teams. We'll start with D2. How about that? So let's get this up and start with the defense on division 2. Dude, some of these are just awesome. You look at like I mean I'm just going to probably just highlight some of the better ones right instead yeah. of reading out through all of them. If you want to see the entire list, go to our Instagram or Twitter pages where we collab with the College Football Network. But some of your favorites on this list, boys. I mean, Ben Fox has to be on there for sure. <laughs>
1: it's gonna be number one. He
0: has to be number one. Jack Twelve Trees for me is definitely up there as well.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's so
3: good. Dude. Obj Lightho- Lightborn.
0: Obj Lightborn is a solid that's pick. Dope. Yeah, that was a must. Tell spies. Tell spies from Nebraska Kearney. That's sweet. I actually made the mistake. If you look at the graphic, yeah. it looks like a little bit of an older picture. That's his brother. Ty spies. Where? <laughs> The guy in the blue right there, that's not even Tell Spies. I didn't even realize it. Did he say that? That's Ty Spies. His brother quoted the tweet. I'm like, oh, shit, What did he say? He said something about, like, hey, my brother got on the all-name team, but that's me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up, boys. I'm going to see if Ben fucks um, on it on it. I don't know if he did or not, but that was uh, it was a pretty obvious pick. And then linebacker also, uh, Colton Fleshman. We got Casey Knutson. Three guys from South Dakota. No, two guys South Dakota Mines. Three from CSU Pueblo. The Armac just has some absolutely outrageous names, or what?
1: Maybe they recruit guys based off names.
0: You think that's what happens out there in Colorado, huh?
1: Hey, you never know. It might help you. Like, <laughs> people are going to remember your name at like camps.
0: Well, hey, when they get posted on the All Name Team, it's yeah. a recruiting buzz, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, move over here. We've got the offense on the Division Two side of things. This one. I would say headlined probably by Mike Wandmaker, another Babaji State. They got Jack 12trees and Mike Wandmaker on the same freaking squad over there in Minnesota, Trev.
1: Those are some good names. Oh, here's Todd Spiney right here.
0: Yeah.
3: Head football coach at a high school.
0: Yeah. He's a, he's a relatively recent Three grad. Three-time
3: all-conference defensive lineman.
0: He was legit. Both of them are, it sounds shout out, like.
3: Shout out Ty Spies, man.
0: Shout out Ty give, Spies. Give a little love on
3: a, on a pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: but looking at the rest of this, some more Armac love, though. Steel Curtis Petty. Luckadoo. Steel Petty from Colorado Mines. Our boy Peewee. Peewee Jarrett does headline yeah. that list. He made the graphic as well. Shout out Peewee. Shout out Peewee. I don't know how to pronounce that second one.
3: Luke M- Luke M. Luke Mdike. Luke, Indy- Luke M. Dyke.
0: Luke, M. Dyke. Luke M. Dyke. Boogie Carr is a dope one. I do, I do think Boogie that is, is actually a nickname. I believe his name is actually Caleb.
3: but nope.
1: he's, he's Boogie.
0: But we're going off what's listed on the roster. And on the roster, it is Boogie Carr.
1: Mr. Moore.
0: <laughs> Mr. Moore is dope, dude. <laughs> the offensive lineman from Notre Dame. That's so sick. How about uh, Kenley Marias? Or Ass? I don't know. One of the two. Steel Paddy. Steel Petty's dope. Um, then finally we'll kind of we'll kind of go through all these, but I mean it's just fun. Like this is so sick. Bear Huggins, CD Bojang, Joe Couch.
3: He he uh, quote he commented on it.
0: He did. Joe Couch said he had to get his swag he up. He said he
3: need to work on his drip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Oh, I didn't mean to switch over to that just yet. But dude, I loved that. I thought that was pretty funny. That's the specialist for division two, and then we can move on. Is that and,
1: Jared Van Watermelon?
0: It looks like it. I think it's Mulan. I think it's German. Sounds German German, right?
1: Yeah, it's definitely German. Water Mulin. Um well the Van Jared Van Watermelon. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true as well. Division three offense, all name team. Defense. What do we like? Oh, sorry, defense. All name team. What do we Jazz, like? What do we like here? Jazz Jackson and Hawk Hefner. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that's unreal. What about Sepol Solo Molaquana?
3: How about art, art. It's got to be Artiste, right? Artist?
0: Artiste Benjamin, artist Benjamin, Raider Horn, Miller Park, Rocky and Spinks. I mean, Hero Uchino, Leslie Florescent, Solo. Someone yeah, commented, Raider, dude. Someone, Ra- someone commented. They said, "Bro, are these real names?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look right now.
0: Oh no, I know they are.
3: They absolutely. No, are. no, no. I'm saying that the.
0: Oh, at the comment. Okay, I was. I thought he was about to go fact check me. I'm like, no, nah, we looked,
1: man. No worry. <laughs> Raider Horn is sweet. Oh,
0: that is good, dude. Uh, Raider Horn, and I believe he actually has a brother that plays potentially at Trinity, Texas as well. I know there's another, it might be Tucker
1: Horn or something along those lines. So they go Raider and then they go Tucker? I, I can't, don't quote me on Tucker.
0: I don't know, I just, I remember there being another Horn and for some reason that name is stuck in my head.
1: Okay. I don't know,
0: so don't quote me on that one. Sorry, the Horn family, if I just butchered that. Um, <laughs> let's look at the... His name's like David or something. Yeah, I just fucked <laughs> 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 the Division Three offense all name team Boo Boo Browning. That is so sick. But the best one on this, and probably the best fitting name on this list, boys. Look at that fullback spot, Tommy Tankumvang.
3: I saw one That of the is coaches, a fullback ass name. I see one of the coaches uh, quoted. Yes. Tag Barstool Big
0: Cat. Yeah, he did. Because they do, did an all name team. got a
3: fullback ass name, like he's from Nebraska or some shit. <laughs>
0: He's out of Wisconsin Eau Claire instead of uh, Nebraska. I don't know why it keeps popping up. Uh, our wide receiver class for this pretty stocked as well. Sir Quarius Ball, Darrealist Clark, and Tyler Steubendick. <laughs> but I think my personal favorite is Winston Churchill. Yeah, on the so Division sweet. Three side of things, that is the best name. The comment. Did you see his comment on the Instagram no. post? He said, we will never surrender in quotes. And it said <laughs> me.
3: <laughs> oh, that was, <laughs> that's that was so uh, good. That was, I saw a college football network posted
0: it. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. 20. That actually, that really cracked me up. Um, so shout out Winston Churchill. He's got a good sense of humor. And then someone replied and was like, bro, when did literally, when did you say that? And he said, 1941.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's was. You got to embrace that. it. Oh, dude.
0: Like, How about Tyler Seaman? <laughs> shout out tyler seaman man i learned some new schools when i was doing this too by the way find all these logos
3: here's hawk hefner right
0: here that's a badass name i wonder what his freaking halloween costume was <laughs> you know what i mean that's a i mean that's a layup right
1: yeah a hawk Get the f-
0: <laughs> you ever been Hugh after for halloween Tra? no Damn. here's raider horn right here <laughs> can you find his brother Um, we should probably try and find it. I think that'd be hilarious. Um, but before you do that, we'll go to the specialist while you keep looking. Luke cool. The kicker for the division three specialists, all name team. We got Ben Blumenthal and the punter, Kyle farewell. (laughs) That's awesome. McLean stone King is the return specialist there out of Linfield, but dude, Luke cool is so badass. Luke cool and Kyle farewell. I thought it was Tucker horn, but I would like you to fact
1: check that for me.
0: Oh, uh, dude! I, I just had fun. We had fun putting this together. Yeah. This is this is definitely fun. We need the Division Three mascot top ten list. It is Tucker
3: Horn. It's Tucker we, Horn. We, mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, Horn family. Shout out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's so sick. We, we need, need Trevor. We need the people are asking for the di- top ten Division Three mascots. They we'll are. They Let's are. Get it, dude. They actually like. To, they literally are.
1: We need to do that.
0: You want to start throwing it together? I'll start finding some. Yeah. All right, you heard it here first. Division three mascots, top 10 coming soon to Division one rejects. But, fellas, we can switch over and do our team feature for today, that being Northwestern College. Not not the Hazers. The, oh, Jesus. Not that Northwestern. We're talking the AIA football Northwestern. They're <laughs> in the GPAC, the Great Plains Athletic Conference, which... Right now is the best conference in all of NAIA. Between them and uh, Morningside. We'll talk about those conference standings a little bit later. But uh, as we do with most of these squads, when we start talking about them, fellas, we'll take a look at their 2022 season first before jumping into this. And you'll notice right off the bat, boys, this was a good season. A really good season for Northwestern, who is the defending 2022 NAIA national champions. That was their third national championship they've won in 2022. And looking down at this list...
1: Oh, never mind. I'm stupid. Never mind.
0: (laughs) Their only loss came at the very first game of the season to a conference opponent, that being Morningside, who was at the time number one in the country. They lost to them by one point, excuse me. Wow. That is their only loss. They lost by one point to the number one team in the country at the time.
1: That's pretty incredible. They didn't lose a single game after? That's crazy, actually. No,
0: they absolutely did not. Dakota Wesleyan was a bit of a blowout. I do want to talk about Dakota Wesleyan, though. I might have to pull up... The clip of their new helmet and logo, guys, for later in this episode because it looks awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter. They went with oh, no. this like retro cat logo for their helmet. Definitely check it out. Like, on Twitter. is that
1: their permanent?
0: I don't know, but we're gonna, we might, I might pull it up after this so we can react to it. Um, but yeah, you look through some of these games, guys. These games are lopsided as shit. Like, they were not yeah. only just winning, but they were putting the beat down on a lot of these teams against some really good opponents, too.
1: Oh my some God. Of them.
0: Like, here you go. Number 15, Midland. Yeah, we just beat them by 32 points. Now you get into the playoffs. Dickinson State, lopsided. Marion, Indiana, really solid NAI team from up here in the Midwest. Bam. Again, Indiana Wesleyan, one of the top teams in the country mm-hmm. last year, destroyed them And then the national championship game, was a very competitive one against Kaiser. Kaiser was actually the one that knocked Morningside out of the playoffs. Wow. They beat them by one point. Morningside beats Northwestern by one point. They get beat by one point to the defending or to the eventual national runner-up in Kaiser. But what do you think we're going to do next, guys? What are we going to highlight from these guys? We do it every week. Stadiums. The no. stadiums.
3: Yeah, their weight room and shit.
0: And their stadium's pretty nice. Wait till you see the weight room, though. The weight room is probably one of my favorites that we've seen at any level. This is the stadium for Northwestern. And, you know, at first glance... Nothing really crazy jumps out here. Um, You might think kind of like a nicer high school field um, just with the setup. But I do love there's some nice small touches here, like that building in that bottom right corner, that being tucked up right along the football complex is a nice touch. There's a nice overview with a lot of people there.
1: Nothing crazy but nice. But definitely a respectable little spot. Yeah. Like I said, I like that building,
0: how that's situated right there. That seems to be the entrance, of the way to get in. Mm-hmm. Um would definitely like to see it's hard though because they have that road right behind the stadium, so there can't be a building. That seems to be the new way of putting that football operations kind of building um behind that end zone It's kind of been the thing. Now when you're in a superior dome, you kinda just you know. Shit don't matter. It is what it is. This is a really cool shot though. Check that out. Pretty sweet. From the ground, like the ground level, it looks a lot more imposing. Yeah. looks like they get a really good turnout. I mean, I would hope so if you're winning games by that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Those have to be pretty fun to, to be a part of, but yeah, pretty sweet stuff there. And the stadium itself, like I said, nothing too crazy. I'm pretty sure there are some stats um, up here for us to react to, or take a look at. It seats only 3,100, which was kind of a number that was surprising to me. That's not a lot of but people. If you
1: look at it, that that makes sense. I mean Yeah. The waystands stands is basically non existent. Yeah. I mean it's a pretty decent sized home stands, but still. Yeah, agreed.
0: A- Absolutely agreed. Their weight room though, fellas. You're gonna take one look at this and you're gonna understand that this is like this is the weight room you want you would expect to see from a team that has had this level of success. And the first picture I think is just pretty badass. Yeah, look at that, that strip of sweet. turf they've yeah, got right sweet. there, man. That is so sick. This looks like a big ass warehouse and or garage that was like, screw it, let's put a couple million into this thing and make it awesome. Millie? There's a couple more. I think so. Millie though? This could be close to a mil- this could be close to a million dollars. Wait till you see the actual setup of this cade. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, that could be a million dollars.
3: <clears throat> it's really nice.
0: Yeah. When you talk about all that gym equipment and putting in like we're talking a floor and lights and the turf and like you could be creeping up on a million dollars.
1: Really nice. For that facility. setup.
0: That is a really nice facility right there. I really yeah, like it. Yeah, that is really nice. Check that out. Damn, that's dope.
3: The turf is clutch.
0: The turf is so sick. I wonder how long it is. Did we get a good idea, a good view at that in the first picture there? Sorry.
1: Probably 20 yards. 20 or th- maybe
0: 30. Five, yeah, 20, to 15, 20. Enough to 25. do some like agility work. Obviously, yeah. not doing a ton of sprints and stuff in there. But do you really need that? You know what I mean?
1: You can do like 10-yard sprints.
0: You could, you definitely could. Short burst stuff. Look at that, man! Those platforms, really sick.
1: Yeah, that, that's
3: nice. They're nice.
0: That like mural behind. What does that say behind there? That, that mural up there. I can't really tell. Something,
1: something about some, excellent. Yeah. Something, excellent. something excellent.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's a great view.
1: Yeah, that's really nice, dude. Like yeah.
0: really nice facility. Is that the same church that we saw in the first? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. Just a different angle.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're it nice. empty. It's really nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so shout out those guys, man. I mean, that, I think that is, like, one of the better weight rooms that we've seen, um, especially from the NAI level. Like, it's just really sick to have those kind of facilities. Again, but when you win at the level that they're winning, those things tend to come. Like, those things definitely tend to come with that. Now, we can talk more about the actual squad. Like I said, that was their third national championship in 2022. There's a lot of storylines around this team, though, guys. The biggest one last year, perhaps – being the unlikely quarterback that came in to lead them to an eventual national championship. Now, Blake Fryer, and he thought that, you know, everyone thought that was going to be the guy because he's a senior coming back. He's a quarterback that's done so much for them, right? And then you have Jalen Gramstad, who was a defensive back turned quarterback in spring practice the year before. He was the backup. And so, you know, in, in case we need him, that we've got a guy who we think we can play. Well, Fryer goes down with an injury in, I believe, like week two, and Gramstad has to come in. And he comes in, takes on that role, and excels in that role. Even when the other quarterback comes back, he keeps the job outright wow. and leads him to a national championship. Fellas, he was their leading rusher, too, with over 1,000 yards on the ground. He had 1,121 yards f- rushing, f- rushing f- over 2,500 passing on the year.
1: It's a hell of a year. For a converted I mean, defensive Lord. back. Yeah, that's, that's impressive.
0: That is really impressive. So shout out to Jalen. Those are some really like freakishly crazy numbers. That's
1: video game shit, bro. Literally
0: video game numbers. And again, it helps that you're playing 15 games, but you still have to go out there and produce to get those numbers. Week against, in and week
3: out. Against playoff teams. You know what I mean? I mean, you've seen the scores, bro.
0: Yes, we have. We know their offense was uh, a little potent. Potent. That is the, that's the term there. But we've got some other stories uh, surrounding this team that I wanted to talk about. The first of which being the grad assistant that just got promoted to being the offensive coordinator for the squad. He goes by Josh Fakama, I believe. Uh, Excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that, but he's been promoted to the role of offensive coordinator for the Northwestern Football Program. He's a former player there as well. He's been a big part of the program for the last six or seven years as a player, um, as an assistant, and the coach is quoted, Coach McCarty is quoted as saying he's been a great help to their culture. And... He has served as a graduate assistant for one season at Clarion University in Pennsylvania and coached tight ends. And now he's back as the offensive coordinator. He was a tight end for Northwestern. And uh, just kind of a big move. Their old offensive coordinator, Jake Meneghi, who departed after the 2022 season, he moved to South Dakota State. So a big jump for him. Yeah. And now they'll be replacing that. So – Shout-out to, uh, shout to Josh, man. You go from playing at that the squad to being a GA, and now you're the freaking OC of the team.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive.
0: That's a really sweet move for him. Now, to talk about the head coach, Matt McCarty. He was 2022 AFCA National NAIA Coach of the Year. the very big honor for him last year, and after looking at their record, you can totally understand he, why.
1: He won a national
0: champion. He did, yep, so. and he did it
1: in very convincing fashion
0: uh he went 13 and 1, 9 and 1 in G-Pack Pay, G-Pack Play, winning 13 straight after week 1. And do you really have there's not much really to say. You talk about some of the categories that their team sits in, which is just second to none. Top 5 in yards per game, passing touchdowns, yards per rush, PATs, points per game, first downs per game, defensive touchdowns, like
1: so they were top 5 in everything.
0: Top 5 in all of those listed. Yeah.
1: That's it comes for, down to more than just talent, right? That's, uh, that's totally coaching. Uh, when you're yeah. an match I mean, yeah. you announce a championship. Yeah. Totally. More than just talent.
0: He won the honor of co-coach of the year back in 2017, along with the coach from Morningside, actually. But then now has won the award outright. I didn't know they split the award. Did they have like, a tie, a vote, or what? That's weird.
3: Kind
1: of ridiculous. Never heard of that. The world we live in, Kobe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was 2017, though.
1: It was. Uh, it's the world we lived so in. It was, It was. It was. honestly.
3: It was honestly less, like, like that, back in 2017. I feel like it just started to like, ramp up a little bit.
0: Especially at the NAIA level, The new world, you, you know? know?
3: Like the new everyone gets a trophy, all Karen S. Oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not saying No, not I get saying, it. I, no, saying, I know what you mean, I'm though. Saying, like, i saying get this it. Is how it works. Uh, another note, Billy Kirch, he was named the NAIA coordinator of the year, defensive coordinator for Northwestern. And the, the, Again, when you win a national championship, these awards start rolling in, but when you have coaches like this, it certainly makes it – uh, we talked about some of those stats. It makes it very easy for these awards to come in. After dropping the Week 1 game to Morningside, fellas, Just a stat for you. The Red Raider defense did not surrender more than 10 points to an opponent until the NAIA Football Championship quarterfinals.
1: That's insane.
0: It marked 10 straight games, allowing opponents to score 10 or less points.
1: <clears throat> That's insane. Jesus!
0: Additionally, Northwestern was the lone NAIA program to rank top five in rush defense and top 15 in passing defense, holding opponents to just 63 yards per game on the ground. Wow. That is absurd. That's nuts, yeah. Really crazy stuff. Um, as far as some of the players, a big one coming back this last year, that Fryer name we talked about earlier, talking about a different Fryer, that being Parker Fryer. He was a captain from last year, a Cliff Harris Award finalist, and a first team All American. In 2022, he led the team in tackles for the third straight year, guys. Wow. Unreal. So a big part of that defense coming back and uh, certainly a big piece for them looking forward. The last thing we'll look at as far as this team goes, their 2023 schedule, but first, the standings in that G Pack. As I was telling you guys, this is probably the best conference in all of NAIA. We had posted about this on our page a little bit before. On top of that list, actually Morningside last year. Because when you look at... Their win-loss, they did not lose a game until the playoffs. So they get that conference championship after the win over uh, Northwestern. Morningside and Northwestern kind of in a league of their own there with Midland and Dort in that like 2A, 2B spot. Okay, we both talked to Dort a little bit. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Some really good guys out there. That was in Iowa. Most of these schools actually are out in the Iowa area, most of them. That Great Plains Athletic Conference.
1: Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota.
0: Great Plains. So that's a look at the conference standings. And we'll wrap it up, fellas, by looking at their 2023 schedule before we move on to our last piece for today. Here is the Red Raiders 2023 schedule. Drake. That was one that I wanted to talk about oh. a little bit because you open with Concordia. A conference opponent to open the season is kind of interesting, I thought.
1: Well, they did it last year too, right? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I think they did. Time. Yeah, you're right. No, you're yeah. 100% right. Yeah, that is that is really weird. Like that was the
0: game. Like that was like, like basically the conference champion. It was. It was the conference championship the first one. game of the season.
1: Week one. That's so nuts, it's dude. Stupid.
0: But yeah, yeah for those yeah, who don't know stupid. Drake, they're a division one team in the Pioneer League. Now it's non
1: scholarship. Kinda. Well, they are division one, but
0: they are, but it's a it's a non scholarship division one, which is why we say it's a little bit different. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean they're closer to a division three in that sense. I mean they're gonna be better than most most yeah. division threes, but because they're Non scholarship, athletic scholarship. Yes, they're not going to be to the same level. Such an
0: interesting dynamic. I don't know if I really ever understood that.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, it's why really, it should really just dumb. be? Why aren't they just Division Three then, or D two yeah. even? Because like. there has but to be. But then D two, I don't, I don't think there's any non scholarship D 2s No, I'm, not
0: I that know, I know I'm of. Saying,
3: but like, uh, I guess so. Because it's
0: less of an investment, you're saying to fund a D two program than it would be Division One,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I, I just. Don't understand. I, I, I'll never understand.
0: Yeah, I would just have to assume, like, you talk about some of the teams in that conference, like a Butler and a Valpo and Davidson, like, those type of teams. Like, i the only thing I can think of is, like, a lot of their other athletic programs are Division One, so maybe they just want them all to be on the same field but don't want
1: to support a football program fully. Because their other sports are scholarship, right?
0: I mean, Butler basketball. Yeah. Valpo, Davidson like, basketball. Davidson basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... They have
1: some... It's just, a, the deal, it's yeah. just a, so weird. It's a weird concept to
0: me. Yeah, it is. It's very different. But uh, anyways, they play Drake Week 2. That's an interesting one. Um, Concordia gave them a, a decent game last year. Um, when you go down here, not too much going on. Midland will definitely be one, a fun one to watch. And what's exciting, though, is they don't get morning side until later in the year this year. Smart. So that'll be good. Of course, they have the championship series. You know um, you're good um, when you already have there. all
1: those on the schedule. Yes,
0: dude. Absolutely. All those teams do that. That's awesome. The other thing I wanted to show you guys, Dakota Wesleyan, we saw them on the schedule right there. The new helmets that they just dropped. I'm gonna just pull up the the picture real quick, fellas. Would you take one look oh, that's at that's this? That's sweet. that is so badass. They call it the D Dub Modern Throwback.
3: Oh, I did see these. Years. Oh my god, dude. Bro,
0: yeah, like that might be one of the cleanest helmets in college football, oh, let alone sh- so
3: they're a- NAI. Oh, okay. They're actually doing it.
0: Yes, they're actually doing. I got is rendered- it from
3: some guy. For the
1: graphic. I think so. For the idea.
0: Really
3: sick.
1: That's so sweet.
0: Really sick. I've got a video of the helmet too that I'm gonna pull up in a second, but
1: and then is that stripes on the top too?
0: Yes, it is. That's sweet. Yeah. Now, this helmet though, that because that gets the expectations up a little bit, because this helmet looks really sick. The helmet that I'm about to show you, I don't want to like ruin your expectations a little bit. I don't know if this is what they're going to be wearing in the games, but this is the video that was posted online. And don't get me wrong, still a really cool helmet, but if that's what it is compared to what we just saw, it's a little bit disappointing, guys. It's still sweet. It, like I said, still a really sick look. Like that is such a classic yeah, look for dope any as, squad. Dope as hell. Wait,
1: this is what they posted to This is yeah. what
0: I saw on Twitter. <laughs> and like I said, still a dope helmet. Hey, what is, what's going on in this video, by the way? <laughs> Whose son is trying on the helmet? What are we doing? And
1: what, look at the, just a little spin in a circle. It's not. It's, I don't think that's a sign. He got a
3: full ass
0: mustache, bro. He's got a mustache underneath that helmet. Yeah. Well,
1: he, his legs he's look, got like he got to hit, hit legs a little more often. He looks there. like he's a coach almost with like the shirt he's got on.
0: Look at coach's quads when he does this spin. Ready. The spin is so funny. Watch, 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 watch. <laughs> coach, you got it. Coach, just, I'm just guessing. Coach, you gotta, you gotta get in there. Coach, get in that weight room. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, that's enough ripping. I'm sorry. But still, helmets are dope. But, like, really, though, we need that, we need that render to make its way onto a physical helmet. Yeah. Because, I mean, oh, let me go back to it. Is this it right here? Yeah, there it is. Like, that it, would be one of the coolest helmets in college football. Yeah. Ah, oh, So clean, man. Yeah, sick. Yeah. All right. We can move on to our last piece of the day. Talk a little bit about Colorado, huh? They're moving to the Big Twelve, leaving the Pac-12. And with them leaving, this is what the Big Twelve would look like in 2024, fellas. It's a good graphic to kind of illustrate that move. You've got a couple new additions there, UCF. You've got BYU. I think it's Cincinnati. Funny. It's
1: funny Houston. that Houston's joining. They, <laughs> right? They sucked last year. That was <laughs> so bad. Compared to like, a, a, yeah, like the no, BYU they,
0: and Cincinnati I, and those type of.
1: I can't remember. I think they might have had a losing record last year. Did they? And they, it was with Were they the, were in, they in the American? Yeah. Okay. Which is still, they're a good conference. Yep. But a couple of those squads
0: making the move over. Then you talk about teams like West Virginia, Baylor had a really solid year, Iowa State, Oklahoma State has been up there. Even Kansas has been kind of back in the national conversation here the last couple of years, right? But definitely Who? a big move for the Buffs. Who would you say? I said Kansas has been kinda of in that national conversation for the last, you know, year
1: or two. Last year, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that kind of came up from the dumpster. They started out
1: like really strong, I believe, right? Yeah. So Well Houston was eight and five in the American. Okay, that's res- totally respectable. But not to make the jump to the Big Twelve, I would say. Maybe not, but eight and five is eight and five. Against much inferior opponents compared to what you're gonna be playing in a year. Trev, they need membership, man. They fucking need it. Yeah, they need it bad.
0: The Colorado board unanimously approved the move from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. Pac-12, that's worth noting.
1: I'm calling it right now. Pac-12 is going to be gone within like three years. The
0: Pac-12 commissioner seems to be more and more confident. As long as these negotiations go on with the media rights deal and everything, he seems to be like he's sitting on something that nobody else knows.
3: Yeah, yeah. well, a shit ton of money that no one else has. He don't give a shit what goes on. He's still getting money out the wazoo, bro. He don't. He don't need that shit. <laughs>
1: I don't. I think I'm also just like a Pac-12 hater because I don't ever watch any of the games. Agreed. Well, the time zone it's very yeah. tough for us, right? I'm not, not watching Coast. a game when it starts at midnight here. Yep.
3: I, usually, I I'm usually up sometimes watch like USC against fucking Arizona. Arizona? they're losing. <laughs> we Oregon talked State State
0: about what they're shit. losing, right? They're losing USC, UCLA, Oklahoma. Colorado. Oklahoma is not in the Pac-12. They're in the Big Twelve. Oh uh, yeah, time out. Um, but what's actually smart about this too is that. Uh, Their departure will coincide with the end of the Pac-12 television deal, which expires after this season. That means Colorado won't have to pay any exit fee because they're leaving right on the time where that media deal expires, and then they'll get in on the Big 12's deal. So definitely a smart business move for them, too.
1: And the Pac-12 is not looking good. No, it's not. And isn't there rumors that Washington wants to leave, too? I've heard that for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then if Washington leaves, Oregon's going to want to leave because then there's basically no one left in the... Pac 12 leadership is expected to meet with presidents Thursday night. That's tonight. To
0: discuss the league's next steps, the Swiss sources told ESPN. So the Buffaloes had emerged as the loudest skeptics of Pac 12 Commissioner George Kilikoff's ability to land a reasonable television deal. So they don't think it's going to happen at all. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Colorado left the Big 12 in 2010. They joined the Pac-12 in 2011. They've had no bowl wins and just two winning football seasons since. Wow. But it's a Dion era.
1: They got the coach prime now. They do. Interesting. Anything else, fellas? I'm good. Nothing on my end. Sweet. Thank you for
0: tuning in. We've got another great guest. Actually, we've got a two-guest show. What? On Tuesday. We've got a two-guest show. We've got a – I won't say too much. We've got a Division II football head coach, and we've got an XFL player on On Tuesday. Wow. Got a big time. Got a big time. Stick around for it. Thank you. Division 1 rejects.